You never ever quip the comment, uh, what's the point? What's the point of that? What's the point of this? Sadly, some people, from what I can see, including myself, have at times kind of entered into a season of life and gone, what's the point? And uh, I've got to say to you, God never actually says that. God never is wondering if there's a point to this. God's always up to something. God's got a point. God's got a purpose. God's got a, an amazing uh, purpose for your life and mine through all the ups and downs that your life has currently or up to this point in time served up to you. Who would have to say that their life's been a little topsy-turvy at times? You know, just, just an occasional day of disaster, occasional day of like challenge, am I even going to survive this? Right from those moments of, I guess you'd call them valley moments, right up to the point where uh, you're on top of the mountain. It's like, the world's my oyster. I am going to crank this. I'm the, I'm the person. Um, if you're a little bit like me, and I know that not all of you are like me, which is just as well because the world would be horrible if they're all like me. It's like, um, it's like, um, but I go through moments where it's, it's kind of like everything's great. I'm feeling pretty cool. It's all good. And then I can just get to the place of being like, hmm, well, you know, ho-hum. And I've realised that the way God made me, and I'll not say he's finished, but I, I just want it, the way I have been to this point and he will continue to refine me. I've had a revelation this week that God's got a purpose in that. It's not like he's going, oh, oh I don't know, what, what's Bruce going to do now? Or what's science going to do now? What, what, what's... God's not asking those sorts of questions. He's actually got a purpose in weaving my life into yours and weaving your life into mine. There's a purpose. It's not just, oh, so we can become friends or I can become a pastor, a leader in your life, if that's the way it worked. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more an eternal purpose that God's up to. He's up to eternal stuff in our lives. He's up to eternal stuff in the Chris Kindle Mark. Some people can't see that and some people don't get it, I, it the way I feel at times. It's like, well, can't we be a little more direct? It's like, well, we could be. But let's trust that God doesn't need us to be. I mean, there's a time to be direct and there's a time to be kind of confronting, but um, I want to say to you that it would appear to me that the best place to be confronting is in a relationship, not in just a casual conversation with someone we don't know. So it's like um, relationship is where it's at. And that's what the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, just unendingly presents to us is what God is about is relationship and community. And so as much as we sometimes feel like church can be a bit of a, it can be a challenge. I don't know about you, but in our own family, we've had a few seasons where it's been a challenge to be a family. It was like, well, I'd rather be anywhere else but here right now. Very rarely, but there were a few days like that in the last 35 years that we've had kids. Even before that, when Julie and I first got married, then about first year, we kind of sat at the opposite ends of our little dining room table in our little flat down at Westbourne Park and looked at each other and thought, what the heck are we doing? She was out doing one thing and I was out doing another and we kind of slept in the same bed but it was kind of like we could have been sleeping in another room for that matter. It's like it just, it just was, we, even though we're married, newly married, we're kind of drifted apart. And it's like we realised, well, that's not the purpose of marriage. That's not the purpose of community. That's not the purpose of God. God's got a purpose for us to come together. He's got a purpose for us to have come together this morning. It's like you could have stayed home. I could have slept in, would have been good. Anybody tired? It's like we could have, there's lots of things we could be doing, but we've decided to come here. Why? Because I hope, like me, 
you understand the purpose of what God's up to. He's knitting our hearts together, knitting us to become a formidable influence in the Adelaide Hills and the city of Adelaide and beyond. And God's always up to something. So I want to encourage you this morning around some thoughts about understanding the purpose of challenges, understanding the purpose of things that don't appear to have any particular point. At this point in your or my perspective, I don't see the point of that, but God does. God's up to something. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Matthew's gospel as compared to Luke's gospel as compared to Mark and John about the birth of Jesus. So Matthew's gospel and the whole of Matthew's gospel is written uh, with a purpose. Say purpose. So this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to become unorthodox or heretical. It's like it's an inspired, the inspired writings of a person under the um, direction of the Holy Spirit, a guy called Matthew's written this gospel. But he's got a particular purpose. God's got a particular purpose for Matthew's gospel. And that is, Matthew works from the start to the finish to try and convince a Jewish audience that Jesus is the Messiah. And so we find right from the get-go, in chapter 1, after the... Well, chapter 1's the, the start, like this massive outline of the three sets of 14 generations of genealogy, straight up, Matthew says, he's of the line of David. So straight up, a Jewish person, young or old, who's aware of the the Torah, the Old Testament law and the writings of the prophets, they would know straight up, Luke is saying unequivocally, this guy is the real deal because he's from the right bloodline. Get rid of the program. So it's like he straight up puts that in front of us. He's got a purpose. Say purpose. He goes on to talk in the latter part of chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. We just saw the kids um, reenact this for us. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. goes on to explain that and she's going to give birth to a son. Then in verse 22 of chapter 1, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. I wonder whether there's been an unusual or difficult or challenging moment in your life to which you could now look back and go and read this verse preceding it. All this took place. What is your all this took place? That at the time was maybe a seed of resentment or a seed of confusion or a seed of incredible pain or lack of understanding... Is it possible that all this took place to fulfill? The journey of your life has been uniquely authored by Jesus Christ. Even before you knew him, he was writing a story for your life that he wanted you to get onto the, onto the pathway with it. All this, I love this verse, so highlight that. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. There's lots of promises in the Bible that are available for you and me. You could apply this verse to every one of those promises. All this took place. What was this? Oh, I went broke. Oh, I I burned a friendship. Um, Someone unexpectedly died. We had a tragedy in our family. Someone went off the rails. I don't know what it was. I don't know what journey you've been on. But I want to tell you, this Christmas... I want you to have the opportunity to reflect that God is up to and is in the process of putting things together around your life and mine 
all this took place so that, or to fulfill, God's got a plan. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a little more courageous. Yeah. makes me feel a little more like I'm not on my own. Not that I feel that way too often, personally. I've, I've got great uh, marriage and fantastic family around me and a beautiful church community I'm part of. So I actually don't very often feel lonely, if ever. But some of you do. You might, well, what's the point of being lonely? Well, maybe, just maybe, maybe the way you're wired, maybe the way you're feeling about that part of your life at the moment is not just a season to be endured. It's a season to be understood. It's a season to get hold of purpose. What, what is it that God's leading me toward through this season I'm feeling that I'm in at the moment? What is it that God's up to? And so Matthew keeps going with this story um, using the language of all this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. He's, he's, his purpose is to convince the reader that God had put all of this stuff in place thousands of years ago for his son Jesus to arrive as the Messiah. And it's, it's really got to be plain as day to a Jew. You should be able to actually get this. And as we all know, uh, well, maybe don't, as we probably know, um, the Jews don't get it. They still think that the Messiah is to come. When we went to Israel a few years ago, our Jewish tour guide said there was, there's only one difference between a Jew and a Christian, and it's one word. And we said, what's that? He said, again. I said, what? He says, well, you believe Jesus is coming again, we just believe, or the Messiah is coming again, you just believe he's, we believe he's coming. So the only difference between us is the word again. So, oh, okay. Um, we believe. We've been convinced. Somebody got us over the line. Somebody, God orchestrated behind the scene, maybe before you were even a blink in somebody's eye, maybe generations beforehand there were people who fought battles, there were people who lost their lives, there were martyrs, there's blood on the ground in Europe or whatever part of the world your bloodline comes from. There's people who have paid the ultimate price. Their purpose was to get you here. They didn't know that. And I reflect on, do I really understand my purpose? is to get four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen, twenty 15, 20 generations down the track today. My purpose today is to ensure that I do whatever it is God's purpose for my life to ensure the good news of Jesus Christ is propelled into the future. If that's not a mission to go, yep, uh, to get on to, I don't know what is. Anybody here old enough to remember the old TV program, Mission Impossible? This is before the days of Tom Cruise and Colour and Kudu Grat. They've got a few... Baby boomers waving to me back there. It's a good thing. Do you remember the... Um, it was a black and white TV program. I think it actually turned to colour in the 70s. Maybe. I don't remember, actually. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that's old enough to remember when televisions were not colour. We used to get into my grandmother's on a Sunday night and she bought a Sanyo 22-inch colour television. We thought we had died and gone to heaven. It was unbelievable. The most revolting colour ever. It was like vivid. You could change it to a blue hint and a... It's like, oh my gosh. Anyway, even back then there was nothing worth watching. It hasn't changed, but um, just the colour television technology was pretty good. Anyway, I digress. Significantly. I don't even know why I went there. What, What was I doing? Mission Impossible, thank you. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, yeah. Mission Impossible. This message might approve to be the point. Um, 
And I think the guy, actor's character name in the thing was Jim. And I said, Jim, should, should you... I am on tape. Should you accept this mission, go and do such and such. And in a few moments, this table self-destruct and it disappeared and he went off on a mission. But he, the reason I'm relaying that to you is he had, he had a particular purpose. He and his team, whatever they were, they had particular missions to go on to achieve a, a particular outcome. And I want to say to you, God has assembled you in teams. It's called the church. He's assembled us with groups of people. It's our connect groups. It's people that we meet together for coffee with, that we share about the gospel. It's people that we pray with. He's assembled us on a mission. And the mission reflects who you are. I could never be part of the Mission Impossible team. I couldn't join Tom Cruise as a character in the more recent versions of Mission Impossible. That guy's indestructible. I know I'm not. I fell off a ladder and I realised I'm not indestructible. It's like, so I'm not going to be scaling the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, I can tell you right now. It's a, it's a long way up there, uh, 160 floors or whatever it is. It's like, my gosh, that's a long way off the ground. It's like, I'm not wired for that, but somebody is. Somebody's wired to wash those windows. It isn't me. I wonder what your purpose is. Have you ever stopped to think? I'm actually living my purpose. Matthew lived his purpose. He wrote the Gospel of Matthew. We read it today because he understood his purpose. What is your purpose? So Matthew's gospel is intended to persuade Jews that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. There's a whole bunch of Old Testament um, prophecies you can look up in your own time if you wish from, uh, uh, from Isaiah 7, 14, uh, Hosea 11, verse 1, and Jeremiah 31, 15. They're all part and parcel of who he refers to in these first two chapters of Matthew. Uh, references back to those specific scriptures in what is our Old Testament, the, the Hebrew Bible. Um, but what else is fabulous to a guy who's writing to Jews is chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 describes nobody really knows when this was. It just says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked where is the one who has been born king of the Jews uh, we saw his star when it rose and had come to worship him some scholars think that Jesus because of the execution that had been on for any boy under the age of two this actually was not the wise men in the stable there isn't a scholar on the planet that believes that the Christmas cards have presented that picture of Christmas these magi came probably 18 months to two years. It probably took them 18 months to get there. doesn't tell us that detail. But what is phenomenal in that story and in the detail of this is that Gentile, pagan, non-Jewish kings, they were described as wise men, but they didn't come with a little jar of oil. They came with, with gifts fit for a king. They must have been important and they must have been loaded because it doesn't say in the Bible that they had to wait for six weeks for an appointment to see Herod. You try and get an appointment to see Queen Elizabeth in Buckingham Palace. Me, I wouldn't get a look in. These guys literally turn up in Jerusalem and are ushered straight into the presence of the king. They're important dudes, but they're not Jews. God's got a plan. He's got a plan for you and me. If you've got no Jewish blood in your um, veins, this story is about how you got to be here as a Christ follower this morning. This story is about God putting on the table through a Jewish writings 
to Jewish people that my plan is for the salvation of the whole world. I don't care what bloodline people have got, the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to set you free. Don't matter where you've come from, don't matter what you've been up to, doesn't matter what your heritage is. This story says, in my vernacular, my kind of paraphrasing, one day, three magi turned up. One day, the purpose of God was revealed in Scripture that everything that God has for his chosen people, the Jews, is available for everybody else by faith. The bloodline is now not the issue. The faith line's the issue. And I'm just so believing today that you're getting a sense of, and enthusiasm is probably the right word, a little bit of anticipation. I have got purpose. I'm not just an average um, Joe Blow. If your name's Joe, I apologise. Um, or Josephine, just to be inclusive. Um, <laughs> You're not just average. I don't know about you, but I, I, I really do feel, most of my time, very average. Like just an average Aussie guy. I've had a little bit of a sarcastic comment before of sort of not apologising for being a white, middle-aged, privileged Western male. Um, but I can't help that. That's what I was born into. So I've got to go, with all that worldview of maybe that being a negative, I could go, oh, I'm being criticised, I've been this, I'm being that. Who cares what people think? i just got to be really convinced of my purpose. And my purpose is to present Christ. But what I've worked out and what I want this message to really bring home to you is this. You're not meant to bring Christ to the world the same way I do. Because God's got a purpose for you. Paul Turner is not Bruce Williams and vice versa. Paul's got a different circle of friends influence, workmates, acquaintances, married to a different woman than I am. He's got a different family structure than I have. He's, he's got a story. But it's not like, well, mine's a better story. No, no, mine's just a different story. Yeah. I could look around to every one of us in this room, and your story's different to mine, but that's the point of the Gospels. Jesus is present, well, the, sorry, Jesus' life is depicted in four Gospels. It's really bizarre that John and Mark don't mention his birth at all. They just start up the story, Jesus is here. It's like they're not interested in that part of the story. And so it gets me thinking there's bits of the story of Jesus that maybe because of your training or experience or life journey, you can unpack that bit. And the Christmas story just pushes your buttons and you just are able to present that to people with conviction and with a sense of the purpose of God. And the story of Jesus' birth is something that you can convey that wins their heart. I can believe that. But others of us are at the other end of the deal. We might be wide so that we understand the suffering of the cross. We understand the pain of what Jesus went through before he died for our sin. And so your journey through life might be one of incredible difficulty. I reflect on my life. My life has been relatively blessed. Probably, Well, actually, that's probably an understatement. Completely blessed and relatively difficulty-free. I'm not saying I've had a, you know, no, no problems. We've had problems, but... Let's not have a comparative issue about problems. Some of you in this room have had an unbelievably difficult journey through life. Some of you suffered complete silence. Others, maybe you've worn your heart on your sleeve and you wish you hadn't. I don't know what your journey through life's been, but I know this God has a purpose for you to show the world how incredibly loving, compassionate and forgiving he is. Because your story is part of his story. 
your story is a valuable story because God wants you to understand you've got a purpose. Oh, but I wouldn't choose to go through that. Of course you wouldn't. Nobody who, unless you're a sadist or some kind of a psychopathic nutcase, really looks for a really painful journey through life. But we've all had them. Had incredible disappointments. And we've had, as I started out, we've had incredible moments of joy and mountaintops like, whoa, can life get any better? Well, understand that God's got a purpose for that. He wants you to write the story. You're not going to write the gospel of Matthew. You're not going to write the gospel of Luke. They've been done. 2,000 years on, but you've got a story to write. You've got a purpose to live. You've got Jesus Christ to present. And you're going to present a part of Jesus that I can't. I'm going to present parts of Jesus Christ that you can't. That's not like, well, one's better. It's not a comparison issue. It's a complementary. Let's get the picture bigger. So together, and I think there's a tagline we use in C3, we're better together. The bottom line is the kingdom's better together. The gospel's more complete together. People who go off on tangents by themselves end up doing weird things that become sects or cults. They just kind of go off on a tangent and they get very narrow in what they think's right and wrong and everything's this, that. If we can keep adding, because we understand, I don't just mean adding anything. We've got to be within the, the bounds of, it's got to be a faith place. It's got to be Trinitarian. We've got to have a sense that it's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit that we're worshipping, not some weird other God from another country or it's like that's not the issue I'm not talking about just um, what's the word um, Unitarianism we're not, not that I'm talking about Jesus Christ Son of the living God being reflected through your life my life our lives woven together so our volunteers in the Chris Kingdom Mark present Christ some of our volunteers have got a different smile than the person alongside them some of them are Apprehensive. Some of us are enthusiastic. Some of us are sanguine. Some of us are phlegmatic. Some of us are cleric. It's like, come on, let's go and do this. Some of us are going to take over the world. And those things are all your purpose. So I hope this morning that I have said something that's stirred you up to understand God's got a purpose. If you want to have a, a, a verse to encourage you, a little scripture, let's turn back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I didn't put this one in the U version um, notes for this morning, but I should have. Listen to this. This is um, phenomenal writings, the wisdom writings from the Old Testament. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and a few others are a little challenging to read sometimes. But this is uh, some of Ecclesiastes has possibly been written by Solomon, but again, it's open to biblical scholarship to understand if that makes any difference to you. All I know is that God has got a purpose in inputting this in his word for us. There is a time for everything. If you and I could live out of that verse alone, we'd get out of bed every morning and go, it's going to be okay. God's got this. It's okay. That's just a very short sentence. There is a time for everything. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. A season for every activity under the heavens. Don't you love that? The Bible's saying straight out, whatever it is you're in, it's a season. I don't care what it is. I don't know how long it's been, but it's a season. It's not forever. It's a season. Life's seasonal. You know, even the rain out there this morning, it's a season. It's going. Lunchtime. Sun's coming out. Chris Kendall Mark's going to be awesome tonight. It's like, it's really easy to go, oh, what's going to go on now? It's like, oh. It's like, no, no, no. It's a season. 
Say season. season. Maybe you're in a season and you're hoping to break out of. Maybe you're in a season you're hoping will never end. Well, the bad news is it will. <laughs> so make the most of it. Enjoy it. But listen to this list. There's a time. Say a time. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. There's another verse that'll search you up to go, it's going to be all right. It might not be okay at the moment, but it's going to be all right. He's made everything beautiful in its time. And this verse um, blows me, this sentence blows me away. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I want to just close in a moment with a, a word of prayer. And I want to encourage you to just, there'll be a few moments of silence in this prayer time. I really encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to come and if he has to whisper, because you're like a whispering Holy Spirit, ask him to whisper. But maybe the way you're wired, you need to have a kind of uh, the noisy Holy Spirit. The one who's maybe standing in the background of your thinking, doing this, trying to get your attention. Oi, I'm over here and I've been talking to you for 15 years. Are you going to listen now? few minutes of silence heavenly father i pray right now that you'd help us in this few moments of reflection to consider the diversity of what you say to us in your word and that there is a time and a season under heaven for everything i pray as we've been reflecting this month on the issue of purpose that every soul gathered here this morning would have a great and fresh sense of connection to why they're here on planet Earth. Some of us have hitched our wagons onto an evolutionary scientific understanding of how we got here in the physical and I don't have a debate about the accuracy of that or timelines or one of the things that an evolutionary worldview doesn't give in my view is a sense of purpose but a God-centred worldview definitely does I'm here because God put me here I'm here because God purposed me to live me live my life in this season of history and so right now I want you for a few moments to think about your purpose if you're an older person 
like my age, 60 and above, I know you'll have thought about the things that you could have, should have, might have. Might even be, have become incredibly aware of your own mortality. And we're going to run sort of wondering, am I going to run out of time to do what I'm here to do? For those of us that are younger, it might appear that there's an endless amount of time to do whatever you like. There isn't. There's a purpose. Get with the program. So, Lord, speak to every heart. Let each one of us, Lord, feel the wind of the Spirit just filling our sails, setting course to follow your purpose for our lives. Let us trim the sails as the wind blows. And, Lord, we launch out into the unknown by faith, but confident that we're fulfilling your purpose. Come, breath of life. Breathe on those dry bones that they might live. Since the Holy Spirit just prompting me to mention a couple of words. Some of you here this morning, some of us here this morning, are feeling a little confused about some of this. And that's okay. Confusion is not evil. Confusion is just confusion. But at the same time, I felt the Spirit whisper into my other ear, declare clarity. So the clouds of confusion, a little confused about what matters and what doesn't, a little confused about what you may or may not have done with your life. Right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is breathing clarity into the picture. Father, I pray right now that every one of us would be clear, clear as a bell. I know what I'm here for. And we'd attach our energy, our resources, our prayer life, our relationships, our church connection, Lord, to fulfill everything you've purposed for each of our lives. Pray for our visitors and guests and friends here this morning, Lord, that maybe are connected to another fellowship somewhere. I pray, Lord, you would bless them abundantly. We're just so grateful when people come and join us and worship you. We're brothers and sisters in Christ from all walks of life. So we pray your blessing, Lord, on them. Father, we do pray for every soul that's set foot onto our property over the last 48 hours and tonight coming. Lord, that by your incredible spirit, amazing miracles, seeds are sown into people's lives. I do thank you for our volunteers. Thank you for the amazing presence of God on them over the last couple of nights. And we pray, Lord, tonight would be exactly the same. And we would present you authentically the hands and feet of Jesus himself. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus for everything. In his mighty name we pray. Amen. <laughs> There's so much more in this message. Man, this, this reflecting on 
what Joseph and Mary did with Jesus as a brand new parents of a little baby. Think about Joseph having a dream. Have you ever had a dream woken up and just gone and done what the dream was about? I know some people that have, but it's like, that's radical faith. I got visited by an angel. Uh, can we make an appointment for you to go and see a counsellor? Are you sure? Joseph didn't go and find a counsellor. He didn't go and find it. He just said, okay, backed up his wife, his son, and moved down to Egypt. Why? Because an angel told him to. Anyway, I've run out of time. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to get the kids are going to come back and join us. They've been, the JKs have been meeting upstairs. So if you've got a preschool that's gone to the JKs program, don't go and get them. They'll be brought downstairs and back in here during this song. We're going to sing a song to close and the little tackers will be brought back into the auditorium and the prime will be a normal sign-out process for that. What else was there? John, you had something else I was going to talk? Oh, yeah. Uh, as you would be aware, when you came in, we are surrounded by market stalls. Funny about that, Chris Kindle Mart. So outside is really not a good place to play. There's lots of little nooks and crannies for kids to get under tarps and um, just get into all sorts of challenging moments there. So parents, can you please make sure you just manage your kids this morning if they go outside? Um, because we haven't got enough people to keep an eye on what they might get up to out there. Um, anyway, God bless you guys. Uh, let's sing this song together. We good?
sung those words this morning. I am. And uh, talking about the presence of God as an open door. God coming into our situation. Before we close today, I've got to ask this question. Have you opened the door of your heart to Jesus Christ? He desires his presence to dwell in the heart of every human being. He wants to establish a temple in your body. That doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens by choosing to open your heart to him, saying, Lord, come into my life, confessing our sin, repenting of the things we've done that are ungodly, becoming a brand new creation. Discovering our God-given purpose involves knowing Jesus Christ. So as we come to the end of this meeting today, I want to ask you to think about where you're at with God. Have you got your world wrapped up in Jesus Christ? Because if you haven't, you can. You can invite Christ to come into your life and become a brand new creation. As I said, a Christ follower, a disciple, start an amazing journey of discovery. As we close this meeting, I'd love you to just close your eyes for a moment because I want people to be able to put their hand up in a moment, in a moment of privacy, to say, yes, Bruce, I'm ready to actually pray and talk to God open the door of my heart to Jesus Christ knowing he will come in something stirred in my heart this morning in this church service and I believe that Jesus is the son of God if you've never prayed a prayer or you have at some point in your past and you know you've lost your way you're a long way from God just circumstances have kind of just led you down some dead end streets and you're here in church this morning maybe you thought I do want to reconnect with purpose or maybe you thought I want to no purpose for the very first time come to Christ and give your life to him I'd love you to slip your hand up and say that's me Bruce I actually am ready to discover that God given purpose if you give me a wave I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to come down the front and we're always going to pray a prayer inviting Christ into our life afresh today before we go that's you, give me a wave, I want to see your hand I need to see it so I can join with you in prayer, anyone at all thank you Lord Anyone else ready to just reconnect their life? Commit their life to Him? Okay, here's where we're going to pray this prayer together. Please repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus, whose birth we celebrate in the next couple of weeks. We believe, I believe, He is your Son. He came to earth, raised in a family, fulfilled his purpose as the son of man the son of God was led to the cross after being tortured he died took my sin upon himself and rose from the dead on the third day victorious so that I might live so I receive Christ into my life I repent of my sin I receive new life. I declare I am your child in his name. Amen. Go on, give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Awesome. Thank you, Lord.